I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Happy Friday and welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple here as uh, we are... One week left just in winter conditioning for the Nebraska football team. Players will go on spring break. Then they'll come back and begin spring football. So thought it was uh, a good idea this week. Let's bring in uh, Nebraska secondary coach Evan Cooper. Uh, kind of get a recap of winter conditioning, where things are at with his football team. Coach, uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us here. I know it's been a very, very busy winter for all of you guys just trying to get your feet on the ground there. Yeah, we appreciate you for having me. Well, Coach, um, just give us your big picture take. I mean, you were on the road doing so much recruiting in December and January, but you finally got a chance to to be back here uh, for over a month, six weeks, to really kind of see your guys, watch your guys. What were your biggest takeaways to come out of the winter, just kind of seeing your guys live for the first time? Uh, probably my biggest takeaways, they've been working, working really hard and trying to do the things that we've asked them to do. And um, pretty happy about it where we are right now, you know, just taking it day by day. That's all. Evan Cooper joins us. Evan, you, you said when you talked to us during the winter, you remember you met the, you met with the media as all the assistants did. You said, I think we have some NFL DBs on the roster, guys that look like the guys I just finished coaching. You're talking about Carolina, of course. Do you see these top end guys, Evan, do they have that sort of pro mindset and maybe more importantly, that work ethic that you want? You have a pretty experienced room, right? Right. Yeah. What do you see yeah. from those guys? Yeah, no, I see it. You know, I see it. And uh, like I said before, we are not the finished product yet, but we're working towards it. And, you know, just that mindset every day to come in and attack and just try to be great. I think that's actually like the mindset of the entire room. You know, collectively, we all we all attack things. So. That's just what I'm trying to instill, and those guys are helping me carry that load and, you know, relay the message. Okay. Evan, we've been able to follow you on the recruiting trail now and kind of watch what you've done, and you you really go after speed. And, you know, you moved one of the fastest guys on the roster back to the secondary. Tommy Hill, Coach Rule, addressed that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, kind of what went into that decision for you to say, you know what, we're going to give Tommy Hill a chance back in the secondary. He started out there, obviously, as a black shirt to begin his Husker career and then moved away from that to go over to the receiver position. Uh, just watching the tape of all the guys, and uh, he was a corner. He played he played the DB position for first half of the season. And um, like you said, about the speed thing, the, the, the combines coming up, you'll see those guys that go on and have chances at the NFL, those guys are fast. A lot of them are. So, you know, that speed and length is something that, you know, you can't really teach. So you want fast players, recruit fast players. And you see Tommy with speed and length. Oh, absolutely. Speed, length, toughness, ball skills. You know, he's got a lot of work to do, as we as do we all. But You have a, a very experienced corner in Quentin Newsom, someone who I've interviewed quite a bit. And Quentin 
makes no bones about his desire, his desire to play in the NFL. There are, now, obviously, there are a lot of ways you can help him and others toward that end. But what's the best way you can help a guy like that at his at this stage of Quentin Newsom's career? Um, my approach to Quinn is I've been coaching him like he's already in the NFL. Really? You know, just yeah, just fine tuning different things, just recognizing splits, how how the receivers are going to try to attack him, how offenses will try to attack the different coverages that we have, just game planning game planning with him like I would an NFL player. Um, I think he has a skill set. Um, he's got to work on a couple things, some ball skills. He's got to get stronger. But, you know, th- those things will come. Coach, um, obviously we know about the guys that have played for Nebraska on the field. Uh, but what about guys that maybe weren't on the field but that could factor in? Have there been a few names that have really kind of flashed to you this winter? And who are some of those guys? Um, Malcolm has quick, quickly shown me that he's a football player. Really? Uh, yeah, Malcolm is one of those guys. You know, you win with those kind of guys. He's scrappy. He's quick. He's athletic. He's tough as nails. You know, you 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 circle those guys. Have yeah, you Matt, he's done a great job. Have you seen that on film, or have you seen that in winter conditioning? How how have you picked up on that with that with Malcolm and others? Yeah. So film is one thing, and then I get to see him live, and I get to coach him, and I get to interact with him, and teach him. And be around him, and he's a plus in all of those categories. You know, those guys find a way to win. We're we're with secondary coach Nebraska secondary coach Evan Cooper. Evan, a lot of people ask us what what is winter conditioning like? What are those guys doing? Take us into that eight week session. What is your role? What's an assistant? What can you guys do during that period? Uh, we've just been trying to accelerate the process. You know, trying to get those guys in spring ball shape, mentally and physically. Um, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's it's mentally a grind as well as physically. So, you know, just putting those guys through tough situations and seeing how they react and just pushing them as hard as they can go, uh, trying to grow them, trying to grow their brains, their mentalities, and their bodies. That's all. But you're down there. Are you down there four times a week, five times a week? How often are you with your guys during those drills? Yeah, all the times. Any of the times we condition, we're here watching, doing what we can within the rules. Yes, sir. Coach, uh, obviously you went through something like this at Baylor, a transition. Um, What's the biggest difference between this transition to maybe the one you walked into from Temple to Baylor? (laughs) Uh, Probably the amount of players. The (laughs) amount of players. We we have a bunch of players on the the Nebraska football team. Uh, So spring ball will be good and competitive. You know, we'll have enough people to – get through a couple first, second, third on the depth chart, that kind of stuff. Um, I think these not opposed, not Baylor, not the opposite, but I think these guys want to win and they listen, you know, they, they want to be exactly what we want them to be. So it's been good. So, so it sounds like you've encountered a team with a good attitude or a defense with a good attitude. Yeah. I would say the entire team, I would say our old lines, they have a great attitude. They're ready to work. Everywhere, all over the place. We have a bunch of guys, right? We spread out, right? We got a bunch of seniors, a bunch of juniors, some young guys, but spread out evenly. But they, these guys attack it. They do whatever we ask them to do, so it's been good. I'm curious uh, on Tony White's defense, just how the positions will be defined. Like before, there were kind of the edge guys, the nickels, the corners, the safeties. 
will you have true nickels or like like a guy like Isaac Gifford? I mean, how do you define guys like that in this scheme um, under Coach White? Uh, we just we have DBs, you know, DBs, not necessarily safeties, not necessarily corner. No, we just have guys who can play different spots, and uh, we like to be multiple. So the more you can do, the better. Any now, you obviously brought in a guy from the portal, Corey Collier, to play, right? Yes, what sir. are your early impressions of Corey Collier from Florida? Corey's ready to work. He's ready to improve. Uh, he's got good football savvy. Uh, he's a tough kid. He moves well. Football makes sense to him. Um, I've enjoyed my interactions with Corey. Coach, uh, obviously, uh, it's been a recruiting dead period, um, but you guys can do a lot of things behind the scenes. Um, what We know you've been busy, yeah. um, but how busy will it get in March? And, you know, as far as getting guys on campus, how important that's going to be. We know that March 25th weekend is kind of turning into a big one. The spring game will be a big one. Uh, wh what does that look like for you guys right now? Yeah, I think anytime we can get a guy on campus, you know, that's very important to us. You know, this place, like I said before, it'll sell itself. Uh, we're trying to get as many people here as possible. We want to get people to be able to watch our spring game and see how the fans respond to Nebraska football and how welcoming everyone is, uh, people are. And uh, just trying to get as many people on campus as possible. Not a lot of people know what it's like. They don't know how great it is. They don't know the football facilities and the environment. And a lot of people think Lincoln's a small, whatever, two stoplight town. And uh, they, they're very surprised, pleasantly surprised when they come. So we just want to make sure people can come on campus and see us. You've had, you have a lot on your plate. You've only been here three months. I understand maybe you can't consider the big picture so much, but a big picture question I always wonder about with, with new coaching, with a new coaching staff, what do you think can or will set this ultimately set this program apart? Hmm. It, the funny part is I, I don't even sleep at night. I'm always <laughs> thinking about the big picture and the small picture, the medium picture. I'm, I'm just always thinking. Yeah. I think what will set this program apart is the culture. We'll, we'll just attack every single day. You know, if you try to project out too far, it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know, the coach says all the time, like both success and failure live in the past. So we just try to stay in the moment. And just have a develop a what's next mentality. You know, football's won or lost one play at a time. Can't win the game in the first quarter. How fast will all this come, though? I mean, you open with PJ Flack at Minnesota, then you go right to Deion Sanders in his first home game. I mean, ready or not, you got to be ready for some pretty big games to get these guys ready for. Can, can I be honest with you, completely honest with you? Yeah. I just need to get through today. <laughs> we just want to get through the mat drills tomorrow. You know, we just want to. Just take it day by day. And, you know, the football will take care of itself if everything else is in place. So that we just want to do it. You know, I think that's when we get in trouble, when you try to look too far out. So we're just attacking it day by day. Good answer. That's for us to do. Right, right. you, you got to admit it's kind of exciting, though. Thursday night opener, uh, Colorado next. But I get I get you don't want to think too far ahead. Is that home or away? I got no idea. <laughs> it's away. At, yeah, two road games. Yeah. Oh, do we? Okay. What um? <laughs> now the NFL Combine, Evan, is this weekend. How much will you watch that? I, I mean, you're a guy that studies the numbers. You like to see the verticals and the forties and the broad jumps. I mean, how, how how much do you get into kind of looking at those results at the combine? I watch that from start to finish. I watch the draft from start to finish, even if I have to record it. Um, so being in the NFL, the combine is really 
more about meetings, interviews, and like medical things. I didn't know it from like from the outside looking in. I never I always thought it was just 40s and jumping, right? But it's more like getting a feel for the players. Like by that time, they know a lot about the players' athletic abilities and skill sets. You know, I think a lot of the times the risers and the guys who test well, and I think that's like an outside thing. You know, you have a pretty good grasp of who's who can do what. Not a lot of surprises. Evan, were you in on those meetings? Were you there? Uh, at, at yes, like interviews with yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So when I was in Carolina, I used I had a dual role. So during the season, I coached, and then in the off season, I kind of became a personnel guy. So mm -hmm. I was involved in all of those meetings and O line meetings, quarterback interviews, that kind of stuff. Same same as the Senior Bowl. When people say you're a film junkie, which they, they attach that to you and you've attached it to yourself, film junkie, what are we talking about here? I mean, what what does that entail? What's a, what, what's that mean as it applies to you? I watch a lot of tape. Yeah. I, I watch a ton of tape. So I get here in the morning at like 4 o'clock and I work out. And then from that time, whenever, whatever time I finish shower and I'm at my desk watching tape, I try to, I kind of close the day out by watching tape. And if, if I'm bored at home, I watch tape on my phone. I take my iPad. Like I'm always watching because I feel like I learn something every time I click through a play. So I just like to study the game. I like to study athletic movements. I, so right now when we watch uh, high school players, yeah. So, like, we have a day, let, let's say the day we watch corners. Well, uh -huh. I'll go back and watch all of the top corners that I've seen live in their huddle, in their high school, so that I can have a point of reference when I watch the up the next coming guys. You know, like, I went back to watch Saquon Barkley and Brian, uh, B. John Robinson before we did the running backs. So I just want to see, or this guy looked like this as a sophomore or a junior or a senior. What does this guy look like? How do I compare those two? Like, what are the numbers? You know, so I just I'm always watching. Like, I don't want to give an opinion on a guy until I've watched him probably five times. Okay. So I don't know if I'll be right, but I'll know exactly what I believe, if that okay. makes sense. Interesting. Interesting. Coach Rule, too, has, I mean, a lot of confidence in you to to make offers to a guy like Bryce Turner, Jalen Lloyd. I mean, these are guys that didn't really have any major offers. Eric Fields is another one that jumps out. I mean, to get that kind of green light from a head coach, I mean, that takes years and years of trust and build up. I mean, how, how did you get to that point where – you know, because the, the recruiting is under a microscope now. Every offer you make, people are like, well, who else offered him? And you see Bryce Turner, you go his first offer. I'm sure, uh, you know, you better make sure you know what you're doing if you're going to make an offer like that. Yeah, well, our, our program has always been set up that way, whether it was Sean Tandler or Sean Bradley at Temple or JT Woods at Baylor or those, like Jalen Petrie. Those guys didn't have very many offers. Matt Ioannidis has never had very many offers. We've, we've never been that school we've never been hot who's offering we've always been like we'll trust our evaluations and and we'll rock out from there you know we believe we're a developmental program so as i don't even think it's a secret but we look for the things that you can't really coach is that right yeah and we <laughs> and we want to build up the rest of it you look for the things you can't really coach like speed what a <laughs> length athleticism, things like that. I could coach until I'm blue in the face and he'll never grow taller. Right. Or faster. I'm not a speed coach. All right. But I could teach him football and I could put him in enough situations to where he can develop some instincts, but can't make him fast. 
as we wrap it up with Evan Cooper, um, so you're a combine guy. You've studied. You probably watched Trey Palmer. Give me a prediction. What do you, what what forty time will Trey Palmer run at the combine? I want to be safe and say sub four four. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. So you'll think in the in the four threes probably. But you, do you think he'll be, do you think he'll be one of the fastest receivers in the combine just from kind of watching what you know on that side of it? Yeah, I would be surprised. I've actually watched a lot of tape of Trey. Uh, I would be surprised if he didn't run really fast if he wasn't one of the fastest guys. You watched a lot of tape of Trey. What have you seen? I mean, what what are the qualities that stand out about him? Well, besides the obvious speed, mm -hmm. I think he's a pretty good receiver. You know, I think he he has to, you know, develop some of that stuff to make it successful on the next level as far as just route patience and getting in and out of breaks and setting up routes. But I think he has the, the requisite skill set to do it if he puts the work in. Great. Well, Coach Cooper, Man, uh, thank you. We appreciate you taking some time. And uh, we know you got one week of winter work left. Uh, enjoy the NFL Combine as well this weekend. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Evan. Yeah, I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. Hey, we got I, you I, set up. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Right. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Uh, All right. Thanks to Evan Cooper. Until next time. See you soon. Here on Husker on Headlines. And huh. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Interesting stuff there, Steve. Well, Sibble. yeah, he didn't know where they played their if there was a road game at Minnesota or a home game. He's not they're not thinking about that at all right now. No. Isn't that fascinating? He's he not. didn't know if it was a road game or a home game. And you know, some guys would take the bait on that and say, Yeah, it's awesome. We're gonna play PJ Flynn. No, right. I mean, not only did he not take the bait, he didn't even know about it. Right. And I thought the stuff now, the other thing is he didn't make I mean, he made no bones about Quentin Newsom's pro potential. That he's coaching him like he's an NFL. Like he's player. a pro. I mean, Sean, we're at our our office is at the old post office in the Haymarket. And I sat right outside here and talked to Quentin Newsom last summer. And Quentin Newsom made it very clear. He, he's he's all out to play in the NFL. He does whatever he has to do. Now, now look what he has. He has Evan Cooper, NFL and Matt coach, Rule, and Matt Rule. Um, you know that Quentin Newsom will probably move to another level this year. He's a critical player in the program. And, well, and, and then you heard you heard, oh, go ahead. Go and ahead. Travis Fisher, you got to be. I mean, he, he was a pro guy too. Sure, no doubt about it. No, Quentin's had a good. He's had a good set of coaches here. I mean, he and it's probably why Quentin maybe is still here. These guys can get him to the NFL, and it's that's not what it's all about. I hope people that are watching this don't don't hear me saying this is all about getting to the NFL. It's about winning at Nebraska, but you need NFL players to win at Nebraska. Okay, that's what you need. And and then you heard him talk about Hartsog. I mean, Malcolm Hartsog, Sean. There's no way either of us, either of us, saw what was no. coming last year from Malcolm. They Hartsog. they didn't even include him. In any of like the pre, you know, we kind of did some of those newcomer NIL things last year. He wasn't included in anything because he wasn't really looked at to be a, a priority guy. And then all of the sudden, he he after the Georgia Southern game, pretty much after the change, the coaching change, yeah, with Eric Chenander to going to Bill Bush, he was the starter. That was, I mean, 
that was the one big move the previous Bill Bush made, like yeah, with personnel. Yeah, I mean, obviously they tuned up the scheme, but like that was a big personnel move to go from an unknown three-star corner out of Mississippi that was a true freshman over a highly coveted transfer portal guy in Tommy Hill. Yeah, and Hartsog played well, and then what Hartsog has done clearly is taken the momentum from last season into the off season. And he's impressed this new staff. He's impressed Evan Cooper. So now, now, what do you do at corner? That it'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out. You know, Quentin Newsom's going to be a starter. I mean, what it's about almost, Tommy Hill as a safety type guy? Maybe, but they're pretty good at safety. Yeah, but okay, I'm going to throw this out there. Miles per hour, they look at speed. Right. What's the one downfall to Miles Farmer? <laughs> yeah, speed. But, yeah, it is. But, so, but can can Tommy Hill tackle in the box like Miles Farmer? That's a yeah. It's because you know there have been. Miles Farmer's a big, big safety. Nebraska's had some good safeties that don't run well. That's, but, that's true. I mean, I'm trying to think. No, that's um, fair, Sean. That's a fair like. That's a fair value. Deontay Williams could run in recent years, but oh yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, Frost's first team, they had that Trey Neal guy. Yeah, he couldn't run. He much. didn't run. He, he ran was like a good f- player though. I mean. Aaron Williams and Trey. Those guys ran like four seven, four eights yeah. at oh, the at the pro days. Right. Yeah. Now Miles again, skill set, his strength now. He looks almost like a linebacker. He's in the four sixes, though. He's probably not much better. I mean, you you go back to the Michigan State game in East Lansing, mm-hmm. and even the Colorado. I mean, they, they went after him. Now you're right. So you have Miles Farmer, you have Isaac Gifford, Javin Javin Wright, Omar Brown. Now we didn't ask him, and I didn't want to ask him about Buford where he's at. I don't know where he's out he, for the spring. Out for this, yeah, he's out for the spring now. Will he be ready to go in August? I imagine he will. Yeah. So now you got some you got some talent at safety. And we didn't mention I asked him about Corey Collier. See, what Evan Cooper walked into is a good room. I mean, that that's a good room. Um, I mean, I, I think his room is the strength of the defense, wouldn't you say? No, no doubt. I mean, I think when you look at that back end, yeah, and then you I mean you get Tommy Hill back in there, who was a starter with Hartstock, who took over. Mm-hmm. Quentin Newsom's a starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go down all those Miles Farmer's Miles a starter, Farmer, Buford. Buford's a starter. And Gifford's a starter. Gifford. I mean, so they have Javin they, Wright started. He has started six or seven guys. Omar mm-hmm. Brown's been an All American at the FCS level. I got guys. Um, I mean, some of those transfer portal guys haven't really like Singleton and, you know, um, oh, don't count out Singleton. I'm not, but they haven't been able to do much. Yet. No, but so. Deshaun Singleton's r- was right on the cusp of being a starter. And Corey year. Collier. Yeah. Now he's now the, yeah, the Florida transfer. So again, to reiterate, Evan Cooper walked into a a good situation. No doubt. I mean, that, there's there's material there. Yeah. Yeah, so Cooper, yeah, this was a fabulous interview. It's fabulous timing. I mean, I thought the insight on the combine was excellent. Him saying it's not really about the athletic event. It's not about the 40 time and the vertical and all that. This is more about meetings and interviews and getting a feel for the guys. And that's, that's I mean, I don't think of it like that. So I appreciate that level of knowledge, you know. Yeah, I think it just – those times and numbers just kind of verify things more. I mean, you're not going in there hoping a guy runs well. This kind of verifies probably your notes that you've already accumulated. Like everybody knows Trey Palmer is going to run sub four, four probably. Right. And it's the other things. I'll be curious how Trey interviews with teams. Cause I mean, you, he's not much of a chit chatter guy. He's not, he's not. Yeah. He's very affable. He's kind. He's, he's friendly, but he doesn't say much. No, he doesn't want to say much. Except to a Purdue corner after he scorches him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Forget that story. Yeah. I asked Trey after a Purdue, I go, What did you say to that guy? I said, Dude, you suck. 
<laughs> so yeah, a lot there from God. I mean, I, we really appreciate Evan doing that. I mean, you get a lot. That's a lot. You, he covered a lot. Well, uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's move on to headline number three. That is the NFL Combine. There'll be three Husker players there, starting with O'Shawn Mathis, then Travis Volkolek, and Trey Palmer. And then obviously the Pro Day will follow um, and that will take place later in the month of March. I believe March 22nd. March 22nd is Nebraska is Pro Nebraska Day. Pro Day yeah. for Garrett Nelson. Um, Damian Jackson. Chris Kolarovich. And the big one. Garrett oh, Nelson. And Caleb Tanner. And Caleb Tanner. Caleb Tanner's a big one. I mean, Garrett and I don't want to single guys out. I mean, I don't know who's the big one per se, but Caleb Tanner and Garrett are critical. And Damian Jackson is trying to make it as a long snapper. And he's all out to make it as a long snapper. He's he has he's going to long snapper experts in Arizona and Wisconsin. He's training locally with Chris Slatt and <laughs> Slatt's not a long snapper expert. He's a speed expert, power expert, but he's helping him. He's becoming a long snapper effort in order to help Damian. And Damian played at Buffalo this last year and mm. went in the portal just to get some more playing time because he kind of knew, I mean, look how loaded that edge position was last year. He wasn't going to get on the field. No. No, now here's the deal. It's a fascinating story. He's 30 years old. I mean, everybody knows former Navy SEAL. Um, he's moved on from that part of his life. And this is the this is what he's about now, is trying to make make it in the NFL as a 30-year-old long snapper. And he's doing everything he possibly can to do it. I mean, he's training full time to be a long snapper. And that's it sounds simple, but it's I mean, there's a technique involved. And Sean, you know what it's about? And some of it is you some of it is you either got it or you don't. That's velocity. He's and it's and that will be the question with Damian Jackson. Can he generate the velocity? You watch the NFL. The snap gets back fast. It has to. And that's what that's what he's got to perfect the technique that gives him the velocity to make it happen. He's got to find though the right situation, the right opportunity. I mean, he, Will he, will he get an opportunity? The one thing he'll have going for him is he's cheap. Like he'll like <laughs> yeah. they'll be able to get him for the bare minimum price. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, but a lot of like standout kickers and holders they want their snapper. You know, like guys like Chris Brown when he was in Houston, he probably had the same snapper his whole time there. Probably. You know, and that's a big. You know that those guys are like best friends: the snapper, the holder, the kicker. And it's about trust, right? And and so you have to find the right group mm -hmm. um, that needs a guy and he's never done it did he do it at buffalo last year in game i don't know that that's what know. i'm saying right. like so it, it's but he'll get a chance and let me tell we've talked about this like if he gets in an nfl game and there will be a movie on this guy there could be there, I mean, well, there's already they did a movie on a guy that was a bartender mm -hmm. that made the philadelphia eagles mark Wahlberg played that role in invincible this to me is a much better story yeah the, the other good story right now is Caleb Tanner. Tanner played with his hand down at Nebraska. Pretty light for that, right? 225 in yeah, that I range. Mean, he, now, as a in the NFL, he wants to play inside linebacker. 
Okay. St- standing up. He wants to stand, be a stand up linebacker, inside linebacker. And I could see it. I, I could see him being a surprise, getting on a roster. He's, he's, he's incredibly athletic. I mean, this is a very athletic football player who never missed a game at Nebraska and didn't miss a practice in his final two years that he's got, he's, he's all again, a lot of Sean's work. A lot of this is work ethic. Guys like Damian Jackson, Caleb Tanner have the work ethic. So does Garrett. I mean, Garrett Nelson clearly has the work ethic. Trey Palmer does. Oh, there's no doubt. These guys are football players. I mean, Trey is a flashy receiver, but he, he definitely has the work ethic to do it tough guy I mean, he's a tough guy now he's gonna have to sh- trey's gonna have to evan cooper didn't talk about it but i think he's gonna have to show that he can be more physical well the press i mean because the two games obviously the illinois game when he was going against the best corner in the draft right now mm-hmm. and then the michigan game where they have nfl ability that pressed him though but the, you can't really look at the michigan game because casey didn't play in that game right yeah no but that, but illinois roughed him up a little bit and that's what you do with him because he's slight. He's not a tackle breaker. You notice on flat jet sweeps, didn't really break tackles like some receivers can. Um, I think he's got to get a little more physical. But I do think he's going to get drafted in the third or fourth round and probably make a roster. But, man, I'll tell you, making a roster as a receiver is no easy. I mean, Stanley Morgan's the all-time lean receiver at Nebraska. He's made a roster, but he doesn't play much receiver. Special teams. He's a special teams guy. Yeah, you think about – Think about Westercamp. Okay, think about Kenny Bell. Think about Kenny Bell. They couldn't stick. I mean, they Niles just, Paul moved to tight end. Yeah. You know, Quincy Nunn ended up being one of the better pro receivers. Just had a bad neck injury that kind of took him out but of the game. It, it's an extremely hard position to make it in the pro. Oh, my God. All you got to do is if you want to do a mental exercise. And I used to do this because I would cover Westercamp jumping from team to team. And then I'd look at what he's got to go against. And I'd always be astounded by how, how's he going to make the top four? How's he going to, and they only keep six or seven. How do you get six probably? And how do you make it? It's one hard. of those guys generally is like a punt returner, kick yeah. returner, you know, and, and you have to, and Westercamp would always hurt him. And this might hurt Trey Palmer too. Well, can he, will, will he cover kicks and punts? These guys going to have to, but Trey, Trey would maybe field punts mm-hmm. and be a punt returner. Um, but yeah, I, I, oh, I think he could cover. He's fast enough to, he's a football player. Like Brandon Riley and Alonzo Moore. What helped them was they could, they could cover. But those are two guys that couldn't make it. You know, Brandon did three years. No, he never made it on a. I mean, he maybe made a couple games on the active roster with the with the Cowboys Bills. or the, the Bills. Tried it with the Bills, um, but yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard. But I do. I think again. I think Trey will make it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's move on. Headline number four Nebraska basketball obviously fell. It was a gut wrenching loss to Michigan State, one where uh, for 26 minutes, it looked like Nebraska was well on their way to being two games above 500. Um, that was going to be big for Nebraska to potentially be over 500 or be at 500 by the end of the season. Now, they don't have to be 500, Steve, to be in the NIT, uh, but you heard Robin Washett earlier this week on the Husker Online show with us 
Um, the information he's got is Nebraska probably would need to be at 500 or better to get in the NIT. And, and you know, for that to happen, they're going to have to win at Iowa or win two games in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, I mean, we haven't talked about sort of the, the big picture ramifications of that loss to Michigan State. It's, it's, it's sort of a bummer to talk about because the team had been playing so well. And you had, they, were, they had put themselves in position to make the postseason. And then even it, it, you sort of had this sort of dreamy notion of them making a huge run, beating Michigan State, taking that momentum to Iowa on Sunday, winning that, and then winning a few games in the Big Ten tournament. I had this, I kind of had this, this incredible story building in my head. But what happened against Michigan State is it all kind of came crashing down. Now they're locked in. Nebraska, Sean, do you understand? They're locked into playing Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament now. There's nothing that will get them out of that. It's game. more a matter of will they play Ohio State or Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're, you know, and they're locked into Wednesday. So we had that kind of, we kind of had that thought of, okay, progress would be getting out of that Wednesday game at the Big Ten tournament. Nope. Didn't happen. Um, they're in the Wednesday game. They're locked in. It's know? amazing just how big that pack is this year. After teams oh, yeah. 13 and 14, you know, teams 12 through two or right. 12 through three. Yeah. I mean, pack. It, it's a pack of 12 to nine wins. I mean, there's that's there's, why. Yeah, that's, that's why, why winning at home is so important that that and it's almost impossible right now as we sit here on Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday to say who they would play in the second round. I mean, it's it's possibly Indiana, possibly, but there's a whole range of teams they could play the two. I mean, if, if they play, they could end up playing like the two, the five. Yeah, it's. It, it's Sean. It's, or the five. Or, there's a lot. There's yeah. like seven teams they could play. Yeah, I guess never mind on the, the two because the, the, that's the double by teams, right. the top four. Now, Iowa's in contention to be two. Right. Iowa is the opponent on Sunday. And my thought was if you beat Michigan State and you have all that momentum, you, you'd have a shot going into Iowa. Iowa, though, has caught a heater. I mean, <laughs> they, they have. They, they've. Yeah, their coach can stare at a ref and not get a T for it. Yeah. He, he went. Yeah, so they beat Michigan State in overtime somehow, score over 100 at home, beat them. And then they they just – I mean, they blew me away going to Bloomington against Indiana and winning 90-68. to 68. Sean, that's big-time stuff. Indiana's a good team. Going into Assembly Hall and doing that got gets your attention. That reminded me of Nebraska's Rutgers win because that was not a – Rutgers had only lost Absolutely. so many home games either. And right. Nebraska not only won that game, they – People, when they saw that, they're like, holy cow. Right. This was even a more greater scale, though. Indiana's a better team than Rutgers, Sean. Oh, no no doubt. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers is a tournament-level team, though. They are. And, and at home, Rutgers had only lost like five games right. in three years. They're tough to beat it, beat at the rack. So, yeah. So now, Nebraska has this sort of tall order going into Iowa on Sunday, 1 p.m. game. Now, I will say this, though. Iowa's got to prove that they can guard Tomanaga, guard Walker, guard Greasel. Now, what you would say, and you'll probably be right, is okay. Maybe they, maybe they don't really have to guard. They'll just outscore Nebraska. You know, they'll win ninety to eighty-two, and Iowa can, Iowa can do that. Now, Iowa didn't score very many points, though. No, um, they scored fifty in Lincoln. In Lincoln, yeah, they scored fifty in Lincoln in one of the first Big Ten games of the season for Nebraska. It was sixty-six to fifty. It was Iowa played terribly that game well i say that 
I mean, I watched that game, Sean, from start to finish. We, I say that Iowa played bad. Nebraska made them play bad. Nebraska's defense was extraordinary that night. They still had Bandamel, still had Gary, and their defense was in lockdown mode, and Iowa had nothing. They, John, they scored 50 points. That's what they – they scored 50 points for the game. I mean, to put that in perspective, Michigan State, Michigan State scored 54 in the second half the other night. Strange. I mean, these games can be really, really hard to predict. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, let's move on. Final headline uh, winter conditioning will come to a close next week. We're going to hear from Matt Rule and some select players on Monday. Um, it's been great, by the way, the, just the access to the coaches, Coach Rule, um, even some players now uh, that we're going to get here. I mean, it's probably been as good of a February on that end that we've ever had around Access here. has been tremendous. How often, I would ask you, Sean, have we had what you would call a post-winter conditioning press conference? Um, never. Never. Yeah. We don't. We don't. So that was a surprise to me. A very pleasant surprise because it'll be March 6th. Um, March 20th is start of spring. I mean, we can gather a lot of material that serves as sort of the lead into spring, but also also a cap to winter conditioning. We'll get a lot of stuff from rule. There's two ways you can go around being a Nebraska coach, like kind of hide things and not allow much or just keep feeding the beast. And, and Coach Rule, I think, is like, you know what, let People are interested. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't like the term "feeding the beast." Due respect, Sean. I just like transparency. I just acts, yeah. Just I mean, because there are, I mean, people are interested in what's going on, and why not give them in a responsible manner, in a responsible manner, what they want? It's like fifteen or twenty minutes of the coach's time too. I know every, all the coaches are very busy, uh, but you know, in, in the big grand scheme of it, that fifteen or twenty minutes goes a long way. Hey, Sean, you've covered the program almost as long as well. Nobody's, I mean. I've covered it for 30 years, but there always has been at Nebraska this, or let me say not always, but often it's been this sort of secrecy. Sometimes it's, that's always a little bit off putting to me. Like, why is everything so, why does it have to be such a secret rule? Doesn't seem that way. I mean, you have to be responsible with Sean. You have to be responsible with it because some of this stuff is fairly complex. You, you can't know everything that goes on in a program. You, you shouldn't know everything. But there's a lot that you can know. We just interviewed Evan Cooper, and you got a lot of valuable information. I thought what he said about Quentin Newsom was fascinating, that he's coaching Quentin Newsom right now as if he's an NFL corner. That tells you a lot about, hey, Sean, that tells you a lot about Quentin Newsom. What players will be up there is what I'm curious. It'll be the players that have have done the – well, they have teams, right, in, in winter conditioning. They, they divided the players up into several teams – the team that wins, like the overall, we'll call it championship, that they'll be three. They'll players. be represented. There. They'll be represented from. And so you'll see these guys in black jerseys. Those are the players that are elite in their elite in their, in their workouts and their positions, um, and and they earn the black jersey. Um, and like there was a picture of MJ Sherman wearing number forty six in the black. Is that right? You know, he's in the elite group, and is that right? Uh, but they get points for going to things. So like. That means going to other uh, events, like other sporting events, 
uh, I've seen guys helping pick up the trash after mm -hmm. events. Like when you're at like a gymnastics or something, there's been players picking up garbage in the bleachers. That's nice. And, and I think that's good, but I'm far more interested in which players can run and hit. Um, you're not you're, a 10 tennis match. Yeah. Like uh, you know, been um, no bowl games since 2016 here. So, right. I, I mean, all that stuff is good and I understand why Matt rule does it, but culture, you got to build, you got to build. Yeah, you do unity it's, of your team. But when I think of elite, I don't think about which players are the best at going to which tennis match. I'm thinking about who can cover. What about cover players that have moved? I mean, will we learn any new players that have moved on like that aren't a part of winter Oof. workouts? Cause there are, maybe I mean, you hear a couple names out there that may not be, with yeah. the team right now and rule will want to cover that kind of like thing. if you are smart just get all that out of the way well he will i mean I, I think part of the reason he wants to do it sean i think is that to to you know i call that house cleaning stuff and it's best to get it from the like head who's coach. out with the spring with injuries right best to get it from the head coach not off a message board right yeah control it versus letting an anonymous person you right. know control the narrative right exactly so it should be interesting to, to hear what comes out of that and uh, about 11 o'clock i think is around that time on on monday so uh, there'll be a lot of reasons to keep up with husker online we got great coverage all weekend robin's going to iowa city sip to cover basketball yeah uh, we'll have grant. Young grant hansen in minneapolis covering baseball abby barmore's already done covering big 10 women's basketball they got knocked off uh, against michigan state in the mm -hmm. opening round of the tournament uh, big 10 wrestling's going on too i'll be curious how mark manning's crew does uh, he's got a couple guys that could be his first Big Ten um, champions ever, right? Yeah, he's looking for his first Big Ten champ. And they've got probably two that could do it. Yep, that would so be monumental. There's um, a lot this weekend going on. And then state basketball, boys, girls going on now, boys next week. So a uh, great time to, to be in Lincoln, to be a Husker. Uh, and make sure you're on HuskerOnline.com. Uh, subscribe, like, follow us here on the YouTube channel or download this on the podcast channel. If you can't watch, you can always listen um, in your car or on anywhere you can find podcasts and make sure you check out huskeronline.com. We've got a great special $29.99. Get you access to huskeronline.com until August 31st. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks for joining us here on another edition of Husker Online Headlines.